You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Ain't No Seeds. What is good, everyone? Welcome back into another episode of Ain't No Seats. I am joined by my brother, Anthony Bax, and we're here to talk about the 3-0 Kansas football Jayhawks. Had a tight one in Reno, Nevada, Saturday night, late night game, waited all day for it. We kind of slept on Nevada last week, kind of acted like they weren't an actual team, and game was tied late in the fourth quarter. I was as nervous as can be. AB, how you feeling about the team and how are you feeling health-wise after that scare on Saturday? I mean, dude, I was just telling Nick before we started, I had a golf tournament all day. I was ready to come home and hopefully fall asleep in like the third quarter and feel comfortable seeing we're up by like four scores and not worry about what I'd miss. It was just annoying from the jump, from the fact that we didn't get to watch the first drive unless you downloaded an app, which I wasn't going to do. Uh, the game starts. That was like the only good drive up until what, mid-third quarter, early fourth quarter. And yeah, it was just like one of those games where I never really thought that they were going to lose, but it never felt comfortable that like I could stop watching, stop really paying attention, stop being all in at one in the morning, which was just an annoying experience. But we got the win. That's all that matters. We're 3-0. First time since what, 91-92, I think, that we started 3-0 back-to-back years. Uh, it's a long time. That is more than our whole lives. So and I'm not going to complain about 3-0. and uh, If you told me 18 months ago, it'd be 3-0 and again. I would have done anything for that. So take the win, move on. And, uh, you know, everyone seems to be mostly healthy. So just burn that game tip and move on to BYU. It's conference season now. Yeah, I was actually I was actually going to ask you later, like when you felt nervous or at what point d- did you feel nervous? Because I at no point really did I feel that nervous until the fourth quarter. Like even at halftime, I was like, all right, they'll come out second half, move the ball. Things will start bouncing our way. There was a million fumbles Nevada fumbled a million times and we couldn't somehow couldn't recover the football. But yeah, I was going to ask you in the fourth quarter, at least, did you, did you start to get nervous at all? Or did you just think that KU would eventually pull it out? Yeah, I wasn't really nervous. Like I said, it was mostly frustration and assuming they would come out on top. Um, it never really felt to me like the house was burning down, I guess is how I'd put it. But um, I mean, it's a one possession game late in the game. Like I just kept checking the live line just to see what it was. I like to kind of get a gauge on what it was. KU was never lower than like minus 800 on the money line. So I never really, like they just, they always know more than us. And I know KU is probably pretty public, but I don't know. I mean, did Nevada ever lead? I don't think they ever led no. the game. They, yeah. they tied it at 17 and then they tied it at 24. They just kept it, right. 10 minutes left and KU, KU kept putting drives together. And that, I guess we can bring up Devin Neal now because he, we knew how good he was going into the year. I think I'm even higher on him now. He's been unbelievable this year. 17 carries, 89 yards, three rushing touchdowns. He had a catch for 59 yards where he almost got in the end zone. And you could just lean on him all night. Um, and you could tell that he was a little banged up too, getting up slowly. I'd heard before the game that he was playing a little banged up, but he was going to give it a go. Um, he has 40 carries this year for 303 yards, five rushing touchdowns, 7.6 a carry, Eight catches for 131 yards, one receiving touchdown, 16 per catch. six. So he has six total touchdowns, and he's averaging close to eight a carry. 
And he's, I don't know if this will be his last year here, but he's been unbelievable in his KU career. And he's just looked like he's progressed every single year. Yeah, no, I'm pumped about about Dev there. Um, I saw your tweet during the game. I'm actually glad you brought Neil up so early about how he wasn't getting a ton of carries and stuff like that. I'm personally fine with it. And I, last year, last year too, I think they did this. And then I think it was the Oklahoma State game late in the year is when they really started using him as like a bell cow back. He's the one guy that's getting carries. And that probably had a lot to do with guys getting hurt. But also, I'd rather him dominate. I mean, it's already dominating, obviously. But I'd rather him get the 25 carries, 30 carries, whatever it is, against like that K-State game. Or yeah. the Texas. even Oklahoma at home. Like those yeah. big games that we're going to need special performances from him um, to give us a chance to win. And so, yeah, I... I I don't know. I I just love him, and obviously, it's super easy for everyone to like want him to get the ball every time because you just gave his stats. Like he's gonna give us a positive play every time he touches the ball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's special. I hope he's back next year. But running backs, man, like you don't have a lot of tread on the tires. Go get paid yeah. if you're uh, if you're if someone's gonna pay you. Go get paid. Yeah, I guess I just KU couldn't really put drives together. Felt like a game where they were supposed to put up forty plus. At least that's what we expected. That's what Vegas expected. And yeah, you want to you want to keep Devin Neal healthy for the rest of the year. So it is. I mean, we'll get into it. It's amazing that they at least squeaked the game out. But um, I don't know. I I at halftime, obviously, I said I wasn't too nervous. I thought they'd come out. Um, just ready to kill someone like Leipold was going to fire them up at halftime. That didn't exactly happen. Um, and I tweeted about it a good amount. And I like to get your guys' thoughts, you and Rye, obviously Rye's not on here tonight, but mm -hmm. I tweeted a bunch about how it was kind of uninspiring. They didn't really look like they wanted to be there. And it obviously looked like they were looking ahead to it, at least big 12 play, maybe not BYU, but looked like they were looking ahead a little bit. And I kind of thought about that from their standpoint, like fans, uh, like our fans going towards that game. Like you had to wait all night, 9.30 kick our time. You're playing a West Coast game, which KU hadn't played in a long time. So I don't know if you agree with the uninspiring part and a low energy part, um, but I just, I guess I wanted your thoughts on how you thought they looked from like an energy standpoint. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I was thinking about the fans thing too. Like I can't imagine being in that spot and having to go out and play a passionate 60 minutes of football um in that environment and everything you said it's a game that it's basically an fcs game they were about as big of a favorite on saturday as they were against missouri state and it kind of showed like both and not even just the players i kind of thought the coaching staff and I'm sure it was intentional they didn't want to show too much against nevada before all the conference games coming up but like all of that parlayed together is i guess a possible recipe for disaster they won the game but um yeah I just don't think they were trying to get in and show anything they didn't want to be shown and they'll come out next week and they'll open up the playbook again and we're going to fall right back in love with the offense and the team overall um so yeah I like like you said the fans weren't excited I can't imagine the players or coaching staff really was either but. yeah that's that's why I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna give this team a pass for that game on Saturday I think you agree I think Hopefully the fan base does. Um, I think it was just that Illinois game was a game they looked forward to all offseason. Obviously, you're going to go game by game, Missouri State. Um, but the Illinois game was always going to be huge. We knew it would be a tight spread against them. And we knew if we could win that game, 
there was a hell of a chance to be 3-0 and going into Big 12 play. So a lot of energy went towards that Illinois game, and it never really was close. Um, so I think it took a lot of energy out of them. Nevada game, they just wanted to squeak by, and thank God they did. Because I wanted to ask you this, like, what – what um what would our fans say and what would expectations turn to if KU somehow dropped that game in Reno? Like where would you be at with this team going forward? Two and one going into Big Twelve play and you just lost to maybe the worst team in Division One football. <laughs> it's a terrifying thing to think about. And I don't know if I'd be full panic or not, but I think you probably would be and a lot of people would be too. Um, just because I still feel and we've talked about it on the pod before. Whenever people, there are people that are super positive about KU football, and there's a good portion of the fan base that's just waiting for the other shoe to drop and to revert back to how it was in recent memory, other than the last year and a half. Um, but I don't know, like, if one touchdown goes the other way and they lose, like, are we really freaking out that much after we, what we've seen the last two games, at least, and all of last year? Like, I think. I would hope people would be level-headed, but at the end of the day, like you said, you lose as a 28-point favor. That's one of the worst losses in KU football history when you consider expectations, momentum, and all that. like It really could have been a setback for the program. Uh, I didn't think about it too much, but... Chubb. Oh, no. Breaking news, he, Nick Chubb. Is he... De- like? Did he get carted off? I don't Nick? know. Wow. Like, Nick Chubb carted off. Like His leg actually snapped in half live reaction oh my god they didn't show it on tv nick chubb snapped his leg got carted off god he was he's unreal and looked amazing tonight that's so sad um but yeah it was kind of like everyone even the fan base was looking towards next week i mean you can't say we weren't we didn't even really look at nevada last week we i didn't look i didn't know their quarterback's name i didn't look at the stats i knew their previous results i watched the usc game uh, when it was live, but we were looking ahead. I'm not saying they were. I don't think the staff was, um, but they obviously weren't going to show much. We kind of said that last week that we didn't mm-hmm. think they would show much in this game. That's about all we said about the Nevada game. So I think the fans were looking for looking ahead. The players had to have a little bit. You can't say they weren't. Um, it just felt like everyone thought this was like a bye week, you know, like we're, they're going to go into Nevada, win by at least double digits, a couple scores. So Definitely giving them a pass, and I think I, we'll get to that the BYU game in a little bit, but it seems like Vegas agrees to um, come with that spread. We'll talk about that in a Stunned little bit. But Stunned me, Brady. I, I want to give a special shout-out to someone we don't really talk about a ton. Um, we talk about Luke Grimm a lot. We talk about Lawrence Arnold a lot, but Quentin Skinner mm. made two of the better catches I've seen this season, at least for KU. Um, and in a while at KU, like there was one, the second one where he was on the sideline kind of floating, like Mm -hmm. jumped too early, floating, made the catch, came down. The first one, he caught it on the sideline and got drilled out of bounds. He ended up hanging on to it. I thought he was going to drop it potentially, but if Quentin Skinner doesn't make one of those catches, Nevada might be getting the ball back late in a tie game. Um, so those two catches were unbelievable by, by him, um, any thoughts on Quentin Skinner and those two catches? He's a highlight reel, man. Mm-hmm. Like we said that going into the year is he had a couple catches against TCU last year that were just insane. Um, it's kind of wild because I when I sit back and think about KU football and not think of like through the roster, Quentin Skinner's like our fourth option through the air, fifth option if you include Neil. Like 
we just have dudes everywhere. And it's kind of crazy to think about that as like a KU football point, but we're still getting used to it. But with Skinner, Arnold, Grimm, Fairchild, Neal, Jared Casey in the red zone, like it's just so many guys that people have to pay attention to. And they're all big. Like they're with outside of Grimm, there are multiple targets that are over six foot five. A couple of them can jump through the room. Like, yeah, it's just a lot of talent on that offense. And I don't know about you. It's like hard for me to get used to and like see that as a reality that we get to see week after week. Um, But it's like, it's really, really fun when you start watching and thinking about it deep like that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it can be super dynamic going forward. Um, Let's let's do a quick little break after that. Let's talk about the offense a little more because I am excited about Kotal Nicky, um, Jalen Daniels too, especially going forward. But I want to talk about one of our sponsors, Home Field Apparel. Um, they're elite, elite designs. We say this every episode, but even their stuff from other schools that maybe we don't love still is fire, K-State, Mizzou. Obviously, their KU stuff is great. We have a ton of it. They always take care of us. Um, homefieldapparel.com is the website you can still use no seats 23 to get 15% off we absolutely love them stuff's comfortable the designs are amazing ABA you can concur right oh absolutely there I'd say five days of the week I'm wearing something home field and that might go up when we get our new shipment of uh of the new drop so I uh, can't say enough good things about home field love them let's take a quick break and then talk about the offense again Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, let's let's talk about the offense a little more. They obviously weren't insanely explosive Saturday night, and they didn't show a ton, which we just talked about. We thought that might be the case. I'm sure the playbook will open up a little more against BYU at the booth. I wanted to ask you something, and that is, am I getting spoiled watching Jalen Daniels for thinking that he wasn't the greatest on Saturday night? Probably a little bit, yeah, but also it just shows how good he really is because – I mean, yeah, his stats, 21 to 27, 298 yards, I think mm-hmm. it was. No touchdowns, nice. but I don't take anything out of that because he had four completions inside, like, the three-yard line they yeah. set up. And then Neil runs him in. Right. So I thought he was great. I think we were just all a little frustrated and carryover frustration from, you know, not being able to watch the game from the jump and being up at 1 in the morning watching college football. Um, I think that all just kind of compiled onto everyone else. But he's awesome, man. He is so damn good. And the fact that that is a sleeper performance um, from a KU quarterback, I think it was Kevin Flaherty that tweeted this out. What, like, if you were to rank KU football quarterback games, single games, where would that rank in the last 15 years? Like, it's got to be at least top 10, if not top five. I've seen Jake Heaps throw for 30 yards in full games. Mm -hmm. Dane Chris. We've seen guys here. They can't throw screen passes to the far side of the field. Like, yeah. I'm having flashbacks of bad KU football, but like that was the offense. They tried to swing it out and they'd throw far side screens and, you know, one yard little hitch routes. It's either picked off or blown up because we weren't very good. Um, but like, like you said, I think every, everyone was just a little frustrated, but God, yeah. Jalen, Jalen, Jalen. I can't yeah. stand up. Jaylen. I want Jalen Daniels to be the quarterback at KU forever. That's why that's why I wanted to get into the offense more, just thinking about how good they could be rest of the year in these bigger games where the playbook's wide open. And they talked about how dynamic KU's offense is and how Andy Kotelniki wants it to be the hardest offense in the country to stop. And he throws so many things at you, all these different formations, all these guys in, um, in motion and stuff. So, yeah, JD, 21 of 27. It's kind of crazy, only through six incompletions. I just thought there was a couple reads that, more questionable from him and a couple decisions were weird, but he didn't throw a pick. He still was solid, almost through for 300 yards. Yeah, no touchdowns, but God, you can count on him every week and he's going to make elite throws on only, but he's going to make gonna make plays on his feet too. So I can't wait to see him in Big 12 play. Um, what else is there to talk about about that game? I mean, I think felt- the, the only thing with Jalen I would say was downside was like mostly in the first half. But it just felt like he was very, I don't want to say lazy, because that feels like a shot, but it felt like he would just float back in the pocket and keep floating back and floating back, waiting for something to happen. And by the time he's like, all right, let's go do something, it was too late and he either took a sack or 
you know, a bad play happened. Yeah, um, there, there was one where he kind of was running back towards the end zone. It looked like he was going to split the defenders and got sacked. Mm-hmm. And like I like I think that ties in with Kodal Nicky not really opening it up on Saturday night. Those just auto first read. They weren't there every single time. They're probably going to be there more often, so it's not really a concern of mine going forward. But I guess if there was one thing where I think people were probably even more annoyed that won't show up on the stat sheet, it's probably probably a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this is what I, this is probably the final thing I was going to say about this game, and I think. You'll agree. I think KU fans will eventually agree, but you've had this crazy year. You have a game, you have a year where you make a bowl game and win the bowl. No one's going to circle back five years from now and be like, God, remember that Saturday night in Reno where KU barely squeaked out a win against Nevada? Like, no one's, no one's going to care what the final score is at the end of the year if they have a good year or down the road. So just squeaking out that win, getting the three and O, playing like crap and having a lot, a lot of stuff. Um, to improve on too. You can't walk away too satisfied. So yeah, our producer just said if they won ugly, I think it was a beautiful way to win. And I kind of said that about the first two weeks. Like Missouri State, um, they kind of came out shaky. It was close in the third quarter. Illinois, they were perfect in the first half pretty much. And then they kind of made it interesting. So you can walk away from those games like super um, satisfied and you definitely can't from this game on Saturday. There's a a ton to improve on offensive standpoint especially so i think it was a great way to win and like i said no one's gonna care about the final score later on down the road no one really remembers the iowa state game other than the crazy like missed field goal at the end from last year you win 14 11 you win ugly but a win's a win we're five and oh um i hope that people take away from it because that the only thing that was for us that was probably the last time to just go out and blow out a team there might be one in conference play, but I'm never. I'm not going to go into any of these games. I think we're going to win by 20 points. Um, we got a lot of battles coming up, man. Should we start talking about conference play? Talk yeah, about- I I was just going to make one more point. Was we talked about the fumbles earlier? There was six fumbles. I'm pretty sure is what I saw today, and we somehow didn't recover any. And the way the night was going was the final fumble where um, Hayden Hatcher was on the sideline recovering it. And I was just like, oh my God, this night's really going to go this way. But they fumbled that many times. We somehow didn't recover. So the score could have been different just from that. But mm-hmm. the night was so ugly that our guy was on the sideline um, recovering the fumble. And I think Barry Hill was right there with the ball in his hands too. But yeah, let's um, let's get into Big 12 play. And we've seen a lot of teams in the league play. Obviously, we have uh, BYU at the booth this weekend. I just talked earlier about how Vegas felt about us. Opened up as a seven and a half point favorite, I believe. They are now up to nine and a half um, on our favorite sports book, DraftKings, one of our sponsors. We love them. Um, nine and a half point favorites, two score favorite at home against a team that just went to Fayetteville, Arkansas, beat the Razorbacks. AB, how do you feel about the game? How do you feel about that spread? I was stunned when I saw you tweet the spread out yesterday, Braden. I don't know what else to say. I thought they'd be favored, but I didn't expect it to, especially after this past week where KU snuck out against a bad team and BYU had like a national TV win on the road against an SEC team. I didn't expect that to be the line, and I didn't expect it to keep growing like it has. It was at 10 earlier today before it got knocked back down. Like, When was the last time we were favored by this much against a conference team? 
It had to be reasoning. It had to be. We haven't been good enough to be favored at all in conference games. Yeah, I'm trying to think if, I mean, during, after Mangino left, I'm trying to think any Big 12 teams were even that worse than us. So, yeah. We had, we had over, but what 11 Baylor come in and beat us like 66 to (laughs) 3 or something a few years back. I um I'm trying to think of the Iowa State game last year and the Oklahoma State game. I don't know if you can remember, but there's no I mean there's zero chance we were two score favorites. I'm just trying no, to I think, think of those lines because I Oklahoma State. I don't think we even knew the day of that Spencer Sanders was going to be out. Wrangell ended up getting the start, and then yeah, Iowa State. I think maybe we were ranked going into that game, or they were, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I want to say it was like a three favorite. point spread for both. Like, so I think Oklahoma gonna, State might have gotten a three and a half. It, I don't know. We can pretty easily find that eventually. I'm but sure someone yeah, will tweet it this week. Your point definitely stands like that is definitely the biggest spread in conference play since Todd Reasing left. And I, it is crazy. Like BYU just went into Arkansas, scored 38 points. They're 3-0. and They have a really good coach. They have a quarterback who's been in college for a while. He's been to two different schools, USC, Pitt. Now he's at BYU, obviously. So they have, they have vets. They're Leipold talked about their age today. Their average age is 21.7 years of age. Um, BYU fans got upset about that because he said 22. So I guess rounding up is illegal and he should go to prison. Um, but yeah, I it's crazy spread. Like, like you said, I would have guessed, my guess would have been three or four and I never would have guessed it would be a two score spread. Vegas obviously didn't even react to the games um, on Saturday so I don't. I guess you kind of got to feel confident from a KU fan standpoint. Um, I don't. Do you have any more comments on BYU or the spread at all? I or just the booth in general. I can go over BYU a little bit if you wanted to hear about them. But yeah, I've got a couple things. Um, Nick was saying this graphic was making the rounds on Twitter earlier, um, but I'm sure Vegas pays attention to this stuff. Net success rate. The the title of this graph was. Did we really get beat that bad? And it basically shows, you know, success rate versus the other team. And if the score shows the same result or whatever. KU had the, like, fifth highest difference in net success versus Nevada. Basically saying they should have won the game by 100 instead of 7 based on everything that happened other than the score. And they're saying based on net success that Arkansas should have beat BYU somewhat handily. So... In Vegas words, I don't really understand what any of that means. When it comes to analytics, it's just Ken Palm for me. I don't know about this football stuff, but just seeing that on the graphic, it looks like okay. How means you have it a new Ken thing. Palm? If Ken Palm, if there was Ken Palm football, man, walked <laughs> in, brother, brother. But yeah, I, I guess that's probably what they're seeing. Um, but no, not nine and a half. I could, I could not have imagined that it would have been nine and a half. Yeah, I, I didn't get to watch that game, and I kind of wish I could go rewatch it. I might go do that because they scored 38 points, and they say Arkansas should have handedly won that game, but Arkansas also returned like a 70-yard punt mm-hmm. and to go up 14 nothing. and I'm just I'm obviously looking at the box score. I'm not trying to be a box score watcher guy, but BYU scored 38 points. Um, Slovis was 13 for 25, 167 passing yards. They ran the ball 31 times for 77 yards, 2.5 a carry. And they scored 38 points, and it wasn't like defensive touchdowns or special teams. I don't know if Arkansas was turning it over and giving them good field position. Nick, if you know, you can drop a comment. But, yeah, they scored 38 points. Um, They were down 14, nothing, found a way to win. Got to give credit to them. And 
I'm not going to hate sit here and hate on BYU at all. Um, Kalani Satake is their coach. He they've won they've had five straight winning seasons, I believe. He's had one losing season there. I think six of seven winning seasons. So they've been successful. Um, not trying to hate on them at all. I just I don't think they're very explosive at all. And that is my take on BYU. I'm looking at their backfield. Um, their main running back who pretty much gets most of the carries, LJ Martin, 45 carries this year for 195, just over four yards a carry. Um, which isn't amazing for college football. And they've played Sam Houston State, Southern Utah. So their ground game has not been explosive at all. I mean, they have 88 carries this year on offense for 235 yards, Anthony. 2.7 a carry against, I'm not, obviously Arkansas SEC team, um, but you play Sam Houston State, Southern Utah, don't really know how good those teams are. I don't, wouldn't think they're amazing. I mean, they were 19-point favorites against Sam Houston State, and they mm-hmm. scored 14 points, 114 and nothing. So they're averaging 2.7 yards a carry on the year, unless my numbers are wrong. Could be, but they, they're they not very explosive. That's why it's just insane that they, they scored 38 points in Fayetteville. Threw for, they threw for 200 yards, I guess. They had some guy come in, I think, trick player something, threw for whatever. They threw for 200-plus, but only ran for 77 yards. And they scored 38 points. So my take on them is not very explosive. They don't have a ton of athletes. Slovis is pretty slow on his feet. Um, he had like a 58 completion percentage last year at Pitt. So he's, I mean, he's been great. It's hit or miss with him. At USC, he had a hell of a f- first year there. Um, then he goes to Pitt, wasn't great last year. So I, I feel like he's just kind of inconsistent. But he's slow on his feet. I don't think they have the athletes on the outside to beat KU. So that's... That's my take on BYU. Well-coached, vet quarterback. Don't think they have the athletes. I think KU, I'm not saying they're going to cover, but I think they're going to find a way to win comfortably. And they're always this weekend. It's obviously the quarterbacks are different styles of players, but it sounds a lot like this is KU Illinois 2.0. Like they just don't have the athletes. They don't have the speed to keep up. Now, I I don't know. I'm not saying this is fact. Just based off what you're saying, that's kind of how I'm taking it. They they might be big, they might you know be stronger up front or appear to be on the you know paper, but I don't know. I think of BYU teams and I think like physical. A lot of the ways that teams describe Illinois, well coached, veteran quarterback. I don't know. Maybe we're just too fast for them and we light them up. And it's thirty-one yeah. to seven early in the second half, like it was last Friday. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying our defense is world beaters, but I think our defense has looked really damn good. Nevada, sure, they had some late second half touchdowns, but you look at the numbers, they our quarterback didn't really do a ton. I know they kind of stink, but defense has looked great. So I think that was obviously our worry before the year is the defense. We were worried about stopping the run. They've been solid at stopping the run. Um, and BYU hasn't been able to establish the ground game. So they're not they're not running it successfully. Um, they haven't been incredible through the air, and I don't think they have the weapons outside really to beat you. I know they're well sound. Um, they're disciplined. Their defense is going to be really solid, but I just I think KU's better on both sides. And are, we have an amazing coach. I'm not saying he's better than um, Kalani, but I'll take I'll take our coach every day of the week against most teams. I think we're better on both sides of the ball. Special teams we haven't even touched on. Knock on the biggest part of wood you've ever seen. But Seth Keller, why am I saying this? Hasn't missed a kick yet. Just saying. Just saying. 
It was a stat. And speaking of kickers, we weren't able to watch the game early because of a guy that used to kick at Kansas missed a field goal. Not going to say his name. Um, I actually ended up watching the game on my phone. No, regardless, but I was like locked into the Colorado game on my TV while I'm watching KU on the phone and not worried about our game at all because I thought I thought we would cover. I didn't think it would be a game, so I thought we'd win by four or five scores. So special teams has been great. Not trying to jinx Seth, but he has been really good so far. No issues there. So I love us on the offensive side, especially coming off of weird performance. This offense is too good to do that again. The defense has been as solid as you can ask for. And special teams has been really good. We're going to have the best players on the field. We're going to have an elite coaching staff. So I feel solid about KU just being able to take care of business Saturday, being 4-0, heading into Austin, Texas next week. Well, you know, Braden, if you feel that great about it, let me tell you one thing, because football is back. Another week of football. <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in the NFL and college football action with great offers every single game. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code KCSN. New customers can bet just $5, get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Don't forget to use code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call a 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensed partner... Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, of course. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in on the app. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. That's DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code KCSN. $5 gets you $200 for new not that I would ever use it because I'm not a gambling man. I've never bet on sports, but DraftKings, it looks pretty cool. Not that I've used it. Um, it's mm-hmm. absolutely the best format out there. The easiest app to, I mean, navigate. I think they have the best lines. It's it's the best book out there. I think you would agree and everyone would agree. Like DK is just the king. DraftKings. Um, but speaking of that, let's get your prediction for Kansas BYU. Do they cover nine and a half? That's obviously the spread right now. I'm blanking on what the total is. It was upper 50s when I looked. Um, Nick, do you have a line on that? Or AV, do you remember the total? Let's talk about the spread at least. Does Kansas cover nine and a half or would you lean BYU? I think they do. Um, I don't think it's as comfortable as the Illinois where they're kind of fighting to hold on to the spread. Um, But I think they pull away late. Hopefully another fast start this you know, I, obviously the middle of the game was kind of hairy last week, but they started out fast. They went out and scored right away. So hopefully get out to another hot start um, and just kind of stay comfortably ahead and maybe win, you know, win by t- 10, 14, something like that. Yeah. 65 so, and a half is the total. So I'd probably lean over on that too because I think the offense opens up quite a bit. Yeah, I'm looking at DraftKings now. It looks like it looks like they have 
Kansas minus nine and over under 55. So it's moved a half point since we saw it last. I think the over under opened up around 58, which I thought that was a little too high because I don't think BYU will be will put up a ton of points. Um, I'm not saying KU's defense is going to shut them down, but I would have taken under 58. I think 55 is probably right. I think KU will score 31, 35 points, probably give up 20, so it'll be around there. If I had to lean aside, I would take KU, I think. Mm-hmm. I I just said I feel comfortable that they win. Um, and I feel like obviously the offense is due to put up a ton of points. I know they've done it the first they looked fine the first two weeks, but offense isn't gonna do that back to back weeks. Kodal Nicky's gonna he's had plays drawn up for two weeks now that they're gonna be running and there's gonna be a ton of explosive plays. KU has a chance to put up forty, I think, any week. Um, and I, like I said, I think we have the athletes to really hopefully dominate them. Um, I'm not saying we're going to blow them out, but if I had to lean aside, I think I would take KU. I'd probably lean the under because I could see KU holding BYU to like 21 or something. So I would lean the under. I wouldn't feel confident either side, but I think I would take KU. And I think the, I think people, the public at least would obviously right away look at BYU. I think that's a line that hit everyone's, um, eyes immediately. Like I tweeted out the seven and a half. People thought that was crazy. I get on later that night. It's nine and a half, and it's like holy. Sh-. So I think that's the thing. The public's gonna look at last week where Arkansas goes into Fayetteville as an eight point dog, and they win by seven, put up thirty eight points. Ku travels to the West Coast, plays against a terrible Nevada team. It's tied late in the fourth quarter. So I think the public will look at that. I think the public will be on uh, BYU heavy. They got a good coach. Um, and they've been successful the last few years. So, do you think do you think the public will hammer Nevada or BYU? Um, probably. It's a recognizable brand, I guess. And I don't know what the public outside of the local area how they feel about KU football at this point. Like, are they viewing it as a joke, or are they viewing it as like, oh yeah, they're hot, but is it just a storybook and they're going to fall back to earth? I have no idea what they think. Uh, it's a fun team to watch. I feel like even rival fan bases have to admit that it's fun to watch. Maybe they're just a bunch of cake people that want to take KU because they're fun to root for. I have no idea how they're going to react. But based on last week's results, I have to think that you're spot on. Like Everyone watched BYU beat Arkansas. Everyone saw the score of the KU game, at least. like It was flashing on the bottom line every two seconds for the uh, during the Colorado game, which everyone was watching. So, uh. Yeah. I'm uh I'm gonna go right around the total and go 34-21 Kansas, right on the total. Kansas covers. I think we'll be fine. I think it's a game where we can jump out to a lead, kind of like Arkansas did against them, and kind of like we did against Illinois. I don't think they're really. God, this sounds stupid because they just came back last week. But I think if you bury them early, get off to a hot start, I don't see them having the firepower explosiveness to come back against KU at whom I think KU will be comfortable most of the game, kind of like Illinois. Maybe they make it interesting late and in cover, but I think it's going to be a game where we're comfortable. We get out to a nice start. We're 4-0 going into Austin next weekend. 2.30 kickoff there. They already announced it. Um, are you looking ahead at all? What do you what do you think about Texas? Um, after- I, have, I have a few thoughts on Texas. And other Big 12 schools that I'm, you know, hopefully can get into. Game day. Um, whose bold prediction was that? You. Before the season. Way early. Um, okay. 
What were we talking? Oh, Texas. What if what if Alabama just stinks? And Texas is win there. Obviously, it's impressive. You win in Tuscaloosa. That's like not something that you have to diminish at all. But Bama goes out. They have no idea what they're doing at quarterback. Still, they go out and win fourteen to seven, seventeen to three, maybe with a late touchdown against USF. I don't know why the hell they were playing at USF. That never <laughs> made sense to me. Stunned. That I was bad. That. Three to but three. But it was like half. up until the final minute of the game, it was ten to three. 13-7, whatever the score was, a one-possession game, and then Bama attacked one on late. Yeah. Um, so maybe that win isn't as impressive. Texas was in a battle up until the fourth quarter against Wyoming, who they beat Texas Tech, so maybe Wyoming's yeah. just decent this year. But still, you know, you're a top-five team, and you're tied with Wyoming mid-fourth quarter. Like, I I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, the public. I think the public could definitely be overrating them a little bit and Bama. I mean, Bama's Bama. They're going to be highly ranked every year. They're going to have big recruits. They have saving. They make the college football playoff every single year. So it's impossible not to. But maybe it's just an off year for Bama. I'm not saying they don't have anything to look forward to, but God, Nick Saban's done it forever. Every year they're good. They win 10 plus games. They're expected to lose one or two regular season games. Maybe it's a little tiny off year and maybe they aren't that great. Texas, I think they have so much talent. So I'm not saying they're not, but. Maybe we can go in there and get in a shootout or compete. Um, but obviously, we, BYU this weekend, everyone needs to get to the booth. BYU fans have bought up 10,000 tickets for the game. So Yeah, the place is almost full. I was looking yeah. at tickets the other day. It's it's pretty limited. Um, so if you can make it to the booth, please make it. If not, get your tickets to a KU fan that can go. 2.30 on a Saturday, I would think people can make that one. Thank God it's not 11 a.m. But yeah, get your tickets to KU fans. Or get it to friends, family um, that can make it. I'll buy the tickets for you. Give them to my friends. I just want it to be crimson and blue. I want the home field advantage. We got a chance to go 4-0 and go into Austin with a potential college game day matchup against the top five team in the country. I'm so pumped. Thank God they found a way to win Saturday. Um, Do you have any final thoughts? I've got one more thing. I'd like to give a shout out to the three local schools that are combined eight and one this year to start the season. Uh, Good for us. Uh, it's, it's really good to see football uh, as successful as it has been lately in the uh, on the little I-70 corridor right here in Kansas and Missouri. So, shouts to us. Shouts to K-State. Shouts to do 8-1. It's a help start. Help start. <laughs> it feels good to be 3 <clears throat> It really does. Yeah. No, it does. 61-yard kick to win. <laughs> <laughs> that near, That's insane. Mizzou's kicker is 5'6", 295 pounds. I was watching every bit of that football. All of it. It was good from 100. That was um, a great game. I was watching with my brother, and he we were just dying in the golf cart laughing at <laughs> how Mizzou had a delay of game with eight seconds to go or whatever. <laughs> what was Drink doing? He first of all didn't call a timeout. Oh, my God. It was awful <laughs> coaching. Rye even tweeted about it. I wish he was on here. But he had a timeout that he should have used. And then they take a delay a game to make it a 61-yarder instead of 56 or whatever it would have ended up being. But, God, it was terrible. Um, but, good Lord, yeah. Thank God we won Saturday because, like I said earlier, I think our fans would have started. Dude, there would have been fans that would say that we'd win three or four games now. Like, I guarantee it because they would be they would think we're losing to BYU and they would think maybe Oklahoma State um, and who's the other big – Iowa State. They would have been like four or five wins – 
Um, we're not going bowling. Like it would have been awful. People would have thought two wins all season, honestly. But one more question. Let's wrap it up quick so Nick can get off. But if Kansas beats BYU Saturday, and I know I already know your expectations, but are you saying that we're locked in to make a bowl game now? Mm-hmm. Which might not. It sounds kind of crazy because four and zero, you mm-hmm. should win two more, but. I kind of feel like if we win, we're at least locked in to go to a bowl. We're going to find a way to win at least two more. Yeah, the conference isn't very good. Is like, like, there's two ranked teams in the Big Twelve right now. There's a couple teams knocking KUK State, both right there. Um, but yeah, I I think they're going to have to. There, yeah, Nick just said it. Locked in to go eight and four. I saw you erase the eight and four on the whiteboard back there, but I assume that's just because you mean they're going nine and three. Yeah. Okay. Oklahoma, well, let's talk about the Big 12 a little more next week, but Oklahoma kind of terrifies me. We'll have to talk about the Texas game a ton. If we win, it's got to be the most electric podcast ever. Like, I want takes of us beating Texas. Um, God, kid, uh, Oklahoma and Texas are going to be... Here's the thing. T- if we beat Texas, KU's the top 10 team in America. <laughs> All, I'm, that's not a joke. That is factual. If they go in as the number 20 ranked team in America and beat number four Texas... They are a top ten team in America. They will that will show in the rankings. You know, I mean, it's crazy to think about one and two. You're so serious, but yeah, I guess if they beat BYU this week, they sh- should be ranked. I don't. I think we might have dropped. Not that we were in the polls just for a tight game. I think we were like thirty first in the poll. But it's a weird. Should be ranked. So many. The one lost team. If you're in the polls and you beat a top team on the road, you should be in the top 10. So let's have an electric episode after a dub Saturday. Please make it out to the booth. If we have a tailgate, come say hi. Nick, we better see you there. KU fans, please make it. Be loud. Be an elite home field advantage, man. We got that. We got Allen Fieldhouse, which is the best home court advantage in the country. Let's make the booth something like that, too. Teams winning games. Let's go. 2.30 kickoff on prime television. Be loud. Let's go to 4-0. Let's go into Austin with the chance to win. And then we'll be back home right after that against UCF, who we can beat. AP, love doing this with you as always. I'm pumped about Kansas football. Let's go 9-3, and playing Arlington. Who cares? Top 10 team. All right, boys. Rock Chalk. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.